Welcome to all of you, and welcome to all of those listening on Torah Anytime and other platforms. The Avelis for Talmidei Rabbi Akiva. We want to make it relevant and meaningful. Let me explain. Avelos is far more than a slate of behaviors, uncomfortable behaviors, like sporting unshorn hair, a scruffy, unshaved beard, and refraining from music. Avelos is rather a natural expression of a most powerful human state of despondency. It is far more than simply tsar, pain. Rather, Avelis is a sense of inability to cope, inability to move on, confusion, confoundedness. This is reflected by the statement in the Gemara that Avel Enlopah, the mourner, has no mouth, has no ability to express himself. He's still just grappling, groping for a way forward trying to make sense of the unfathomable which just happened. You see all of those relatives whose death we mourn. The relationship to them is just so precious, oh so primal, that when they're no longer here, we feel like the rug has been ripped from beneath us. Apparently, from the Torah's perspective, a brother, a sister, certainly a father, a mother, a spouse. The connection is supposed to be so deep that the thought of losing them, when one does lose them, we have an inability to cope. And that's perhaps a pause for thought to all of us while we are still alive and our relatives are still alive. Think for a moment. Am I pursuing the relationship with them that I would want? Is my relationship to them really that deep? That Khalila, if I was no longer here, they would miss me so deeply. If they were no longer here, Khalila, I would miss them so deeply. This is the way we mourn the loss of a relative. This is the way we mourn the Bechor Pembeis Hamikdash, a sense of life without Shechina. How can it be? And this must be the way we mourn the demise of Tamidei Rabbi Akiva. Apparently, there is so much more here than the death of 24,000 Sadiqim 1,900 years ago. There is something personal here. There is some hole in our hearts which is so gaping until this very day. And I want to understand why. The key is to understand the larger-than-life persona and role of the Rebbe Rabbi Akiva himself. Rabbi Akiva is far more than simply a great Tana, far more than simply another transmitter in the transmission of Torah Shabbat. Rather, Rabbi Akiva is a trailblazer. He creates a whole new approach to Torah Shabbat, a whole new touch point through which to relate to creativity in Torah, depth in Torah, and ultimately Hashem himself. This is reflected by the statement coined by the Arizal. Rabbi Akiva is called the Av, the father, the founder of Torah Shabal Peh. That while per se Torah Shabal Peh has existed since Sinai, Rabbi Akiva created some new reality, some new portal 
through which to unearth these deeper meanings in Torah. What I would like to do is, I would like to develop an integrated view throughout Torah, how we see in so many different ways multiple facets of Rabbi Akiva serving this role, defining Torah Shavalpet, in-depth learning and in-depth Torah living as we know it today. Number one, the compilations of Torah Shavalpet, the books, the corpuses of works which we have, the Mishnah, the Tosefta Brises, the Midrashe Halacha, well, they are all linked to Rabbi Akiva, as we are told. Rabbi Akiva and his Talmidim who survive are the authors of these works. Stam Mishnah Rav Meir, Stam Tosefta Rav Nechemia, Stam Sifra Rabbi Yehuda, Stam Sifri Rabbi Shimon, Vakulam Aliba to Rabbi Akiva. All of these works, Mishnah, Tosefta, Sifra, Sifri, all of the defining svarim of Torah or the work of Rabbi Akiva and his surviving students. And moving beyond svarim, now to methodologies and mahalchim in Torah The notion of drasha, the ability to take a seemingly simplistic and unsuspecting pasuk in Chumash and tease out unforeseen messages and meaning. That too is uniquely linked to Rabbi Akiva. As the Gemara tells us, when Moshe Rabbeinu saw Kiviyachal Hashem affixing Tagim, crowns upon the letters of the Sefer Torah, and he asked, Hashem, what do you need this for? Why do you need to crown your letters? Your words, your letters have gravitas within themselves. You don't need to crown them up. Hashem said, you don't get it. These crowns are revealing deeper meanings in Torah. Because there's going to be Echad, there's going to be one man, Akiva ben Yosef Shemo. His name is Rabbi Akiva. He's going to be Doresh Tile Tilem Shel Halachos Al Kolkutsu Shel Yud. Based on every ink blotch on these letters, certainly every crown, every little movement of the quill pen, he is going to derive piles and piles of halacha from every letter, from every word, even from every ink blotch. Rabbi Akiva fathers this ability to turn over the text and rework it and find new meaning from even the smallest, unsuspecting of textual nuances. And moving beyond Rosh, let's think about the whole notion of chiddush, of creativity in Torah. When the Gemara tells us in a portrait of Moshe foreseeing the future, that Moshe saw the base medrash of Rabbi Akiva. He sat in, so to speak, in the shear of Rabbi Akiva in this vision of the future. And Moshe couldn't follow. He could not follow the mental gymnastics of Rabbi Akiva. Perhaps this is a note of solace to those of us who struggle to follow a shear. Moshe himself could not follow the shear of Rabbi Akiva, and he was despondent. Hashem settled him down. Hashem, said, Hashem had him hear the end of the year when Rabbi Akiva said his source, the source of his teachings, are Halach Moshe Misinai. Then, of course, the basis of all Rabbi Akiva's great creativity is Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe is the basis, but what, Moshe, what Rabbi Akiva did with Moshe's teaching, teachings, Moshe could have never seen that. Moshe couldn't even follow and digest. Rabbi Akiva is the paragon of Chiddush and Torah. In a sense, he is a second Moshe. And this is evident in the teaching 
that Rabbi Akiva, the Gemara, tells us lived 120 years. For the first 40 years, he was an ignoramus. For the next 40 years, he learned. And for the last 40 years of his life, from 80 to 120, he taught. This statement that Rabbi Akiva lives 120 years is far more than a biographical piece of data. There's clearly some meaning. You see, that number, 120 years, is too brimming with significance and meaning not to be interpreted. Of course, it's a shout-out, a call-out back to Moshe, who lived 120 years. Rabbi Akiva is, in a sense, a second Moshe, because while Moshe Rabbeinu brought down the actual text, Rabbi Akiva taught us the ability to do the most unfathomable, creative things with the text, Chidushet Torah. And moving beyond the works, the books of Torah Shavalpel, like the Mishnah, Drush in Torah, Chiddush in Torah. Let's talk about one final dimension, and that is Lumbus, analytics in Torah. Everything which characterizes a black Gemara and every Sefer which we learn in Yeshiva until this very day. What is the term to describe a Lamdan? Long before the term brisker was in Jewish parlance, what is the term Chazal used to describe the Lamdan, the analytic in Torah? Well, the Lashon is, Oker Haran V'tochnan Zebezebesvara. The Lamdan uproots mountains and grinds them together. What is the significance of that statement? That seemingly weird analogy. Uprooting mountains and grinding them together with logic. What that means is as follows. Chazal are describing the notion of breaking down Torah to its elemental basis, taking something big in Torah and dissecting it, showing its underpinnings. This is what characterizes Lamdas until this very day. Reb Chaim Brisker was called a chemist, as though he was showing the chemical substructure of Torah, this halacha, has two dinim, tzvei dinim, a din and this, a din and that. I'm breaking it down and showing its elemental structure. That's what every yeshiva bacha tries to do until this very day. Well, that is brought out through this mashal. Oker harem, uprooting mountains. You have a large landscape, something big. The lamtan will pluck up one mountain from the landscape, pluck up another. He will hone in on something individual within the big picture and then break it down even further from particles to subparticles. He will take these two mountains, these two... Dinim, which he isolated, and through compare-contrast, as though grinding the mountains together, he will break up further sands of dirt within the mountain. Tochlan He will engage in constant dissection, breaking up further, further, further particles of halacha, subparticles of halacha. The chemical technique, the London technique, which characterizes lambdas. That is what Okar Harm Batokman Zebazebasvara means. What does this have to do with Rabbi Akiva? While this terminology, Okar Harm, uprooting mountains, is applied to various Chachabim throughout Gemara and our liturgy, the first individual you will find this term concerning is Rabbi Akiva. When we say in the Kinos, Rabbi Akiva, who was Oker Harm Batokman Zebazebasvara, Rabbi Akiva was this master of uprooting the mountains, grinding them together of breaking down the halacha to its basic elements. Rabbi Akiva is the quintessential London. He is the quintessential everything in what we know Torah Shavalpet to be today. Mechadish, Garshin, London, 
compiler of the works. Rabbi Akiva is truly the Av of Torah Shabal Peh, which means as follows. Our ability to have creativity in Torah, to tease out new ideas, but not only new ideas, new ways to serve Hashem, to bring new mitzvah, to a meaning to a mitzvah like eating matzah, to take davening and bring it alive through some new perspective. Everything Torah Shabal Peh is, everything the yeshiva movement's about, everything which the Hasidus movement is about. New meanings in Avayda Shashem. A Torah Chaim which is alive, that we can forever bring it alive through finding new meanings. This is Rabbi Akiva's contribution. If all of this great output of Jewish creativity emerged from five Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva, think and imagine what 24,000 Talmidim, what 24,000 Sinoros, conduits of Torah Shabal Peh, Jewish creativity could have been not only so much more insight and so much more ability and so many more methodologies to develop in the text, but so many more perspectives of how to relate to Yiddishkeit. Any mitzvah which seems dead to you, morose to you. Well, as far as you know, there is yet another conduit from amongst these 24,000. Another creative approach that would bring this mitzvah alive. It would give new meaning in the mitzvah. Your child who's turned off to Judaism. Maybe there's some new perspective in Torah Shabal some new way to relate with Kalach HaChidosh to a given mitzvah avodah that would turn him or her on based on their Shoresh Neshama. We lost all of that. Torah Shabal has become minimized. The ability to find new meanings in Torah, new relatabilities, touch points and portals of connection in Judaism has been minimized. This is what we are yearning for so deeply. This is what we are pining for so deeply. The availus of this period is deeply personal. The loss of newness, freshness, vitality in Torah. This is what we're so deeply pining for. And it is this Avelis that Bahashkacha we observe during the period of Svira. It's perfectly arranged, of course, as a hachana for Matan Torah. Our preparation for Matan Torah is this mourning, is this deep pining for newness in Torah, for added relevance in Torah. May we be Zoha to the time of Bias Goel Tzedek, when all these new conduits, everything that 24,000 Talmidim are, a radiant Torah, will come alive once again.